Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring us a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. Well, this week, we're welcoming some younger guests onto the show. We're very, very excited. The host of the podcast, The Apartment Above the Firehouse, who finally experienced Galaxy's Edge. Thompson, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And also joining us this week is a fifth grader who loves Disney. And most importantly, of course, she's my niece. Hey, Robin. Hi, everybody. Oh, see, you got some family nepotism going on here. Yeah, that's uh, how we do show. it. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, thanks both of you for joining us. Let's start off with our first question from Teg. All right. Well, you know, every week that we do this podcast, I feel like it's harder and harder to come up with really great questions because I feel like I've already asked a lot of really great questions. So my question this week is, what is a Disney movie that you think is underappreciated? So this could be that people just don't think is that great or that something that just doesn't get talked about very often. What do you think, Thompson? What's a what's a movie you think is underappreciated? Well, I said Monsters University, not because it's not talked about, because I feel like the only thing people talk about is the hat. But like, who am I to talk? Because I literally have one sitting next to me. (laughs) But for me, it's just I really enjoyed that movie. I was like five when it came out. So I remember going to see it in theaters. I remember going to Sam's Club and getting the Blu-ray the day it came out. And I just really enjoyed watching that movie as a kid. And I feel like the only thing people talk about is the hat and Uzma Kappa. So I feel that people just like don't really pay attention to like the overall story of the movie and that it's more of just talking about like the merch because it's like the it's the thing you see everyone wearing. It's like second place to ears in the park. And I think that's the only people that's the only thing people really give attention to about the film. I think that it has a lot of good qualities that artists underappreciated. And I think that people could do a better job recognizing like how good of a movie it is and not just the merchandise that goes with it. I agree with you with the Monsters University hats. I feel like those things were everywhere for like two years. Yeah, I remember I bought one in (laughs) 2015 and I outgrew it because massive heads run in my family. So like I have to get like the super like deep, deep hats. And this one's just like really shallow. So I've moved on to the Guardians of the Galaxy hat. This is my new Disney hat. Still blue. Uh, Still blue. Still has like fake weathering on it. But I guess I have a style. But I just like really enjoyed that movie. And I wish people would like look past the hats, even though they're awesome and I love them. I wish people would look past the hats and like make it like a movie that you watch more often, you know? Yeah, you know what? I love Monsters University, too. That's a great choice, Thompson. For my part, I think... That it well, what I've seen, it's not even what I think. I've seen Disney's coming back to a lot of the the later 90s movies. We're moving past the, you know, Little Mermaid and Lion King and all that. And one of my favorites from that era is Hunchback of Notre Dame. I really love the music in that movie. It's a lot darker. The story is is a little more intense, but man, the the music from that movie, well, that was the last episode, is when I talked about my favorite Disney song comes from that movie. That's true. So I'm really glad to see that starting to pop up again. Eric, you know who's happy for your answer? Who's happy? Producer James, because I asked him this question. I said, what do you think is underappreciated? He's like, oh, Hunchback. And I was like, really? Okay. Hercules was another one he threw out there. Hercules is good. Hercules is very good. Very upbeat. 
And uh, so producer James likes it. And also Jimmy from the Supreme Resort really likes oh. Hunchback. Very strong memories of, of Hunchback. I need to go back and watch it. I've never seen Hunchback. Like, what's the plot to that one? Well, there's oh. a <laughs> there's a guy <laughs> um, who has a hunchback. He has a hunchback. And he- well, I never would have guessed that. That's cool. It's like the one that I've never seen is Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's very dark. This is like kind of similar to like the Black Cauldron, like that Eisner era. Oh, maybe. If you've seen Black Cauldron, then yes, you can probably handle Hunchback. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was kind of getting kind of scared there. I'm not going to be able to handle this one. No, you'll handle that one just fine. It is. It does feel very dark, though. It's got great music. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. All right. Robin, what are your thoughts? Mine would probably be Enchanted, even though people are appreciating it more now that they're making a second movie but i just think that you know at the time that it came out it was pretty popular but then now it's just a movie that came out in the 2000s and it's they don't pre- i guess appreciate it more yeah I'll take what do you think I mean, Enchanted, I think, is a great option. I loved that movie because it was the first time I thought that Disney like made fun of itself really well. And I love that movie. I have a whole story about Enchanted that we'll talk about some other time about a cold movie theater that I always think about when I think of that movie. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's The Emperor's New Groove. And I feel like there's definitely like a cult following of the emperor new it's emperor's so new groove. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are that like it's kind of become more popular than it was when it first came out. But man, that movie almost didn't get made. There's quite a long history in there of oh yeah, it was rewritten and recast and redrawn and just all these different things. And The Emperor's New Groove, I just it's such a quotable movie. I feel like there's so many great yeah. lines. We always have to joke when we go to Disneyland and we ride the Incredicoaster like, Krunk, pull the lever, not the wrong lever, <laughs> you know, go in and just, you know, there's just some funny things again, kind of like Enchanted, where it just gets like it pulls out and makes fun of itself where you've got like, how did we beat him back? I, by any indication, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, of course. And of course, it has Patrick Warburton, who. I love his voice. Oh, yeah. It's just such a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that it is a little underappreciated and I should probably even watch it more than I do. Well, that wraps up our first question. It was a great first round. Let's see what Thompson has to ask the group this week. Uh, So my question for you all is one. It's a little like not one that you'd initially think about, but I was in the park last week and I heard a lot of people talking about this while we were in the queues. So my question is, is, do you think that they will ever do away with one park per day tickets? I'll start out then. <laughs> it, no park hopping is just such a foreign idea to me. I mean, I know there are people that actually have the wherewithal and the restraint to stay in one park all day, even in Disneyland where it's across the street. I mean, going over to DCA is right there. Disney World, you could see it a little bit more because it does take longer to get between the parks. But I, I think it's always smart for them to offer other options, you know, other things that you can add on to your ticket. Most people, especially at Disneyland, it's almost a no brainer. You say, well, at at some point, I just kind of like to get out of the, you know, out of this side goer where it's maybe a little less crowded sometimes at Walt Disney World. My family, we love going over to Epcot like almost every evening, depending on where we're staying just for dinner. So I, I don't know that they're ever going to completely do away with it. Robin, what about you? I don't think they will keep it because it's making people think that they're saving money 
but part when you're doing more parks a day, it costs more, and Disney likes that. True. <laughs> yeah. They definitely like us spending more. I just, I, I'm, uh, wow. Uh, we, we're kind of split of a no and a yes at the moment. I think that they'll keep it because they make too much money on those things. And there's plenty of people who just come for a couple of days and they do, they, they focus on one park. I'm with you, Eric, on the Disney world. Like it eats so much time to go between the parks that I think a lot of people look at that prospect of I've got to spend anywhere from a few minutes to almost an hour to get from if you're going maybe from like magic kingdom to like animal kingdom, you know, that's going to take almost an hour because you've got to do multiple different things or whatever. But Disneyland, I feel like, again, you get those people that they're on a budget prices are high enough as it is already. I'm just going to do one park per day because I'm going to really hit that and hit everything. And then we're going to go to the other one because, you know, for whatever reason, I like park hopping. I like the, freedom that park hopping gives me if i am like oh i want to go do this or go check that out it's been really difficult on days where for one reason or another we just didn't park hop or had in our minds that we couldn't park hop but i think that they'll keep it i i don't imagine that there's anybody that's going to do it although thompson i'm really interested to hear about what people were saying in line and and your opinion yeah so it kind of started off like this question with me was i i like to watch a lot of the abc um, like family shows. So like things like the Goldbergs and Abbott Elementary. But the one that they kind of like pushed park hopping with was called it's called Home Economics. And it's a fairly new show. They did a lot of promoting for it a few years back, like on Disney Channel. There's stuff in the parks promoting it, I noticed. But they did an episode in Disneyland. And the mom in this show, like cra- probably like like crazy maximize your time in the park mom and so she like has it scheduled out to a bare minimum because they have one day in the park and they really push park hopping because the dad and his brother are arguing about things that are important to the story but aren't important to this story and the mom's like come on guys we've got to go otherwise we won't be able to ride luigi's rollicking roadsters and number one who wants to ride luigi's rollicking roadsters if you're a 30 year old man (laughs) And number two, it's just like really pushing that park hopping thing, because like from the way they talk about it, it's like five minutes away because it is it is five minutes away and they're really pushing park hopping there. So that's kind of what kind of got my brain turning with this question. And what really kind of like caught it fast was like hearing people in queues talking about park hopping like it was just like normal. And it seemed like a lot of people were doing it. We when we were there last week just did like one park per day tickets, which I I like, but Disney's making more money off of the park hoppers and it feels like more people are using them. So if they're making more money off of those, why waste your, I don't want to say time, but like if you know people are going to buy it, why include a more inexpensive option? Because I even heard people like, I was in the I was in line for Guardians and there were people who didn't want to wait. So they're like, yeah, we're just going to go over to Haunted Mansion. And I'm, I've never really been a park hopper. So I've like never thought like that. But to hear like so many people talk about like that kind of stuff, just like has you wondering because Disney has people that are listening. So if they're hearing the same things that I am, I don't know how much time one park per day tickets have left. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Yeah. My information gathering. Hmm. <laughs> Well, good thing you picked that up in line. 
Yeah. Well, Disney's already increasing prices on too many other things, it's, so let's not give them the any more ideas. That one park per day tickets are the same price as park hopper tickets like five years ago. It's it's crazy oh, well, yes. how much tickets are skyrocketing. Definitely. Well, that is two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. If you would like to hear more content like this, if you like what you're hearing and you want more of it, please support us. Head over to thehubcrawl.com slash support, where for just $5 a month, you can donate to our cause and get access to episodes a little bit early and get access to our bonus content. We have a bonus question every episode that you can only hear if you go through thehubcrawl.com slash support. And hey, if you want to... You know, give us a little bit more. You can get some extra levels, including uh, suggest questions to us. If you have a burning question, but you don't necessarily want to be on the show, go to those upper levels. Let us know. We'll add it in. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, let's get back to those questions. I do want to say, if you don't do the park hopper and you just do the one park per day, you are saving money, which you could support your one of your favorite podcasts. True. Would be a good use of your money. And it's only five dollars. Wow. So Look at you that hustle. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, what is your question this week? Well, what is an attraction or experience from the parks that you loved as a kid and still love today and why? And I purposely chose this because we have some younger folks here, but I'm, I'm sure you've been you have some fond memories from when you were you were a little one early on in the parks. So let's start out with Robin. Um, mine would be Peter Pan's flight, mostly because I love. I mean, the movie's great, and being up high and making you feel like you're going through a timeline of the whole movie on a ship is just, it's really fun, and it's interesting because you're also kind of like watching the movie, but instead you're riding something, you're up high, you're going through, like I said, the timeline of the movie, and I just think that's, it's such a great ride and movie as well. It does a great job of that. And Robin, do you remember one of the times I went on it with you and Ellie and we were heading through the London scene and I pointed out, hey, look, it's the moon. And she said, it's just a ball, Uncle Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My question, though, Robin, is have you been on Peter Pan's flight at Disney World and Disneyland or just one? Just Disney World. Yeah. Disney World has the much better queue. Teresa and I talk about this all the time, how the queue in Disney World is so much better than the Disneyland queue. It really is. Yeah. It's like it goes through the whole Darling House and it's shaded and air conditioned. Yeah, that too. Disneyland where you're standing out in this very slow, very tight moving queue. The best thing about Disneyland's queue is the Play Disney Parks game that you can do in it. That is true. That is true. Well, for me... I was terrified to go on this at first. The only the only attractions or experiences that I remember from when I was a kid are like the things that like scared me, I guess, <laughs> because the the two options that I had that I remembered from back in the day were Splash Mountain, which I like Splash Mountain, but I wouldn't say it was something that I love necessarily. If I don't go on it, like I don't go on it every trip. And if I don't go on it, it's not the end of the world. However, my other one that I remember is Indiana Jones Adventure. Which there's a whole story there, too, of uh, (laughs) it was the year it opened. There was a huge long line at night. The line had gotten shorter. I didn't know 
what type of attraction it was because uh-huh. nobody knew what type of attraction it was. So I thought it was like a roller coaster. And at this point in my life, I hated roller coasters and didn't like scary attractions. So we stood in line. I started to get a migraine. I didn't feel very good. I ended up throwing up in line. And my mom was waiting outside. And this little girl that was in line near us came running out after I had thrown up and was like, you know, to her grandmother or something. Oh, this boy threw up in line. And my mom knew it was me because she knew I wasn't feeling well. (laughs) But then I felt great. And I went on it. And it was amazing. And I love that attraction to this day. At this moment, I think there's still some refurbishment that needs to be done on it. But uh, as we reported in the podcast DL Weekly this week, they're having trouble getting parts, supply chain stuff, just like everybody's kind of having troubles with. So I hope they make it better. I still love it today. I loved it as a kid. I waited a really long time to ride it. Thompson, what's your what's your experience or attraction that you loved? Well, first off, I remember you telling that story on DL Weekly and I was cleaning my bathroom and I doubled over laughing and like, Dropped cleaning supplies everywhere, but it was hilarious. See, I thought I, you were going to say that you got sick in your bathroom. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. No, but that's a really funny one. For me, I said Goofy's Kitchen, and I think I like it for different reasons. So I went in 2012 when I was five, four, five, and I vaguely remember it, but I mostly remember it because of like characters. But this time I went back last week and I really enjoyed it. The coolest experience with Autopia that I've ever had was being able to sit in the car in the Goofy's li- in the Goofy line queue because I'd never been on Autopia tag and I always kind of silently judged I mean, you, you for making much. fun of it and I <laughs> went on it this trip and I finally understand what you're talking about I Thank waited you. in line 45 minutes sucking in gas fumes and listening to bird over and over again and I get on and I'm like this better be good and you're going six miles an hour and I'm like what i mean technically i'm a legal adult in the disney parks because it's 14 and older but i'm still somewhat a child and they say children enjoy it i don't my little brother (laughs) didn't i don't get it i mean but back to goofy's kitchen i really enjoyed it this time because it's an all-you-can-eat buffet with really good food i probably ate my body's worth in jello (laughs) because Apparently people hate Jello, but I really enjoy it. Um, but I, love I ate. Oh, we're so a Jello much, family too. I ate so <laughs> much pizza, mac and cheese. Trying to think what else. Oh, I had so much popcorn shrimp. I I ate. I think ninety percent of what was on the dessert bar. They had some really good macarons, and just like the food there was insane. And like two of my siblings are both like under seven. So like getting to like see them experience the magic was really cool for me just because I don't really, I guess I kind of remember it, but I don't really experience that the way that I used to. Like, it's cool for me when I'm walking around Galaxy's Edge to run into stormtroopers and like haggle with them. But seeing Goofy just doesn't do the same thing for me. I mean, I still love it. I still love taking pictures. I still bring my autograph book to the park, but it's just not the same, but to see it through like their eyes, it was really cool experience. Cause like you kind of like lose sight of like how magical it is for like the literal, the litter. I had a problem with this on my podcast, the littler, littler ones. (laughs) Um, and just like such a cool experience to see it with them. And the food, as I said, was amazing and unlimited soft serve as well. Just like 
you can't go wrong at Goofy's Kitchen. I'll tell you right now, Thompson, you're talking about the dessert bar and all the food you're eating. Enjoy your young little body yeah. that takes that food in and burns it right off. Because I'll tell you right now, if Eric and I go to the <laughs> go to the <laughs> buffet and we eat that, we're gaining weight, man. We're, we're in gaining trouble. weight. I justified how much I ate. I, I spent so much money on snacks. My parents said, we'll pay for the meals. We're already paying so much money. You can pay for your snacks. So I spent so much money on food. And my just, and I don't, I like food, but I don't eat that much. But I eat, I eat the average amount. But at this Disney trip, I let loose because my excuse was I'm getting 40,000 steps a day. And I just finished up cross country season. So I'm like, I have a little bit of breathing room, like weight wise right now. <laughs> so I'm just going to like let loose. And my only food regret, was paying $4 for a bag of Cheetos. That was the yeah. only non-Disney thing that I bought. <laughs> and I regret it greatly because I could have gotten another breakfast chimichanga. And they are insane. That green salsa, it's so good. It's so delicious. I love the chimichanga. I think we got to have Thompson back for like a food episode. Yeah, man. I really like, I've loved the rides my entire life, but I really fell in love with the food this trip. And it was a really cool experience that, I spent a lot of money on, but I'd say it was worth it. If you ask my dad, he thinks I should have bought like a T-shirt or something. But I'm fine with my breakfast chimichanga. You know, as you get older, too, you'll realize that sometimes it's the experiences you want to spend money on, not yeah. the like physical things. So, yeah. And I mean, I got this shirt that I'm wearing for because this is an audio podcast. It's a Star Wars action <laughs> figure shirt. And I got this Guardians hat. And I gave myself a $200 spending limit. So like these two total, we're almost a hundred bucks. So that just wow. gives you an idea how much I spent on food, but we don't really talk about that. And like, I finally told my dad, like, cause like he was spending a ton of money on food too. So like, can he really be talking here? But I like me and my dad, we're so alike that we like butt heads. We both like love Disney. We both love like looking into like Imagineering and like the business operations of the park. So like we're able to share that. And like, it's just like cool to like have someone so similar, but sometimes, man, they drive you insane, but I still love him. And he's still like one of my best friends and we still can like bond over the parks together. So yeah, Eric, how about you? I love the mad tea party as a kid. I love it now. My, I just have such clear memories. It's my mom doesn't like going on rides and Robin knows this. Grandma doesn't like going on rides, but if they spin, she's all about it. Really? It's usually like the opposite. Oh, yeah. Some people can't handle spinners. She loves it. If it's spinning and we get that wheel turning, she is laughing. She's having a great time. So I have a picture I remember very clearly of, of all of us in one of the teacups that somebody took of us. It, she always had such a great time. So that kind of imprinted on me. And now I love going on it too. Disneyland, Disney, Disney World. Always make a trip to the Mad Tea Party and enjoy those those spinning cups. So that was another great round of discussion. Thanks, everybody. So let's move on to our last question from Robin. So it was hard to pick out a question, but my question is, how prepared are you for when waiting in long lines and what would you bring? Tay, you want to go first? Sure. This is a great question. I don't really think about lines that much for some reason. So this was hard for me to like think about 
what my answer is, but I think I kind of wing it. I talk to people around me. Like if I'm by myself for some reason, like I will just kind of look for an in with people around me that are talking about something interesting that I could talk about, or I talk with the people I'm with. Otherwise I get on my phone and I'm looking at wait times or show times or just various stuff with the podcast. We have like a discord chat that we go into. And so I make sure that I'm in there talking about stuff that's happening in the park and everything like that. But one thing that I have gone into the habit of doing is bringing a power bank because, you know, cell phones, uh, if you're on them as much as Disney wants you to be on them, eats that juice up real quick. So a lot of times lines are a great time to be charging that device and kind of, you know, looking at what you're going to do next. So, Thompson, what do you do in lines and and what do you bring to kind of make the time in the line not seem as bad? Well, I... First of all, I bring Lightning Lane and Genie Plus, which my family, we pledge to still call them fast passes because it's so much more catchy than Lightning Lane. I don't yeah. get why they changed the name. It doesn't make sense to me. But so we usually do get Lightning Lanes, but I stood in standby a few times, like for Rise, because I'm not going to pay $20. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the first time I rode it, I got off. And my brain was like six feet from my body. It's like so disorienting that first time. And I loved it. Like going on that first time, I got to go on it with like just my brother, who's Robin's age. And so it was a really cool experience for me to experience that with him because we both really love Star Wars. And I remember the DL Weekly episode where you guys talked with Star Wars Explained. Mm -hmm. And in like that, in the news section, I remember I listened to this episode like 500 times. In the news section, you guys like went through like the lineup of Rise of the Resistance. And I didn't let myself get any spoilers besides that. So like whenever I was feeling excited, I'd go back and listen to that. And this is like three years. And I just like, I went back and I listened to it and then I experienced it. And it's like so much more than you could ever have imagined. And I have no clue how holograms work. It's like a projection on the air, but like the Ray holograms insane. It was such a cool, it was so worth the like 90 minute wait, but it ended up being like 45. So he goes on it and he gets out and his mind's blown and he loved it. And he's like telling my mom about it. And like, he's like, really, he really enjoyed it. So it's, that's worth a long wait, but things like Autopia, when I'm waiting in line, what I did was me and my brother both argued about who was going to be able to drive. So what we did is we pulled up our Play Disney Parks app and we had a trivia contest. Oh. Disneyland trivia. And I won because he's an athlete and I'm an kind of athlete that spends most of their time doing Disney stuff. So I won. You can say that. being a Disney nerd. It's fine. It's I'm, okay. I am openly a Disney nerd. I have a Disney <laughs> podcast. I started listening to DL Weekly when I was nine. I've been like, I'm all in. Ever since I listened to DL Weekly, you guys just got me hooked. So I just going on Autopia, like the trivia, I will say our trivia competition was way more fun than the ride itself. So I really enjoyed that because it's just not a very good attraction for me. <laughs> Robin, what do you think of Autopia? I need to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fun. The last time I went, I went by myself um, in the car and it was, it was really fun. So I guess is the Tomorrowland Speedway, does it go faster? Uh, it's about the same. It's the layout's fast. a lot different. Is it cooler than Autopia? 
like cooler, like scenic wise? Scenic wise? It probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes Robin sense. Has nothing to compare it to, but yeah, it's made out to look like an actual racetrack. That is cool. That's not like I thought I saw one picture of Autopia and it was like during like the brief dirt part. So I thought there was going to be like a whole off-road section, but really it's just that five feet of dirt because maybe they didn't want to spend the money to put concrete in. But so waiting in there, I really had a fun time doing play Disney parks and I tried doing other play Disney park stuff, but it was just like so involved that me and my brother were standing in line for monsters after dark. And it's a long standby wait for that one. Once it's monsters after dark and even normal. So we noticed like some people around us were playing like the board game version is called headbands, but there's an app called heads up and it's like where you put it on your forehead and like, it's kind of like charades, but with words. And I installed that and we had a lot of fun, like us doing it and the people like around us, like you somehow always bond with the people in the line with you if it's like a super long wait. So just doing that and like interacting with the people around us. That's another fun thing to do in cues is talk to people. I like I love making conversation, especially families with like smaller kids. It's cool because they like can ask me questions about like parks with kids. Like, how do I tackle it? What are my recommendations? And being like knowledgeable about the park helps with that, too. But I do that. So I try not to be on my phone. But when I'm with my family, we don't usually do standby. It's except for like that one time that we walked on to Toad, Pinocchio and Snow White within 10 minutes because of the hotel extra magic hours. Oh, yeah. But I felt like the lightning lane lines were also like really long. Uh, They can be. Before you even like got in. And I have to put this in there because it was insane. So when I was there a couple weeks ago, I got in. I got an in-show exit on Incredicoaster. Oh. And it was like, I was in. So. It's like right after you come down, you know, like that part of it where it's like up and down and up and down. And then oh, it's yeah. like that flat part. I got stopped right there. And there's a, luckily there's a stairwell right there. So we didn't have to do any like hiking down the roller coaster kind of thing. But we had like there were steep stairs. But I was so bummed because they made us keep our phones away while we were walking down the stairs. Oh, and yeah. Really no pictures backstage. <laughs> I really wanted to film it. And I was able to like get a few just like snapshots and they came out a little blurry but like better than nothing but it was a really cool like the music you never notice so we kind of finished up where i'm blanking we kind of finished up the we were so close to the end that the audio track kept going and it finished and it's that really like good jazz music that i now find really annoying because i had to listen to it for 10 minutes but (laughs) you never realize how loud it is And so it was me and my dad and my brother riding and my dad and my brother were in the ride car behind me because he got to ride it with me before. But my little brother wasn't tall enough last time we were in the park. So he wanted to ride it with him. So I'm in this ride vehicle by myself and I have to text with my dad to communicate because like we couldn't hear each other because the music was so loud. Like getting that in show exit, like it's a definitely great bonding experience for me, my brother and my dad. And I told my dad, like, I want an in show exit this trip. I need one. And like, I got one on like the one that you wouldn't think of getting. Like if any roller coaster, I would have hoped it had been Space Mountain because, you know, Space Mountain with the lights on. But that I just had to throw that in there because it was a cool experience. But play Disney parks, heads up, chatting up with people, just admiring the cues, watching 
the pre-show video in Guardians, like on a 20 minute loop. Oh, yeah. Listening to Bird. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> all that good stuff. All right. How about you, Eric? I've been carrying a charger for a while, too, ever since the the app suddenly became really important. But yeah, lines are great for uh, conversation with your family and friends or with random people. Uh, Brandy always makes fun of me for making line friends. That's the best friends, though. It's the right. best friends. Yeah. Random people. Somebody's like, hey, you've got Mickey Mouse on your watch and you talk for half an hour and then you never see him again. Or somebody says, hey, I like your hat. And then you meet him for the next five lines because you're just going down the, In the, down the row. <laughs> you say hey again every time. Yeah, I love that sort of stuff. Robin, bring us home. What What's your line experience like? Almost always I would bring some kind of bag. And now that I got like those new large five backpacks, I would always bring one of those. And like for really hot days, for like long lines, it'd be like the mini fans. It's just really hot. And I'd always bring the park maps because when I'm bored, I always like to look at those or look where I'm going to be going and usually if I'm with somebody I'd be on the phone but not all the time and but most it's Aunt Brandy that I'm on. Stealing her phone and watching YouTube. She just smiles doesn't even say anything. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, She's whenever, like, I don't want this recorded for yeah. all time. Oh, yeah. Her mom's sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guests. I will preface this with Eric's niece, Robin. Oh, it was great to be here. I hope I could do it again. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for coming on, Thompson. Yeah, guys, thank you for having me on. And everyone, make sure to check out my podcast, The Apartment Above the Firehouse. If you want to hear me talking about Disney with cast members, authors, my parents, all that good stuff. Well, join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.